click here, click here. Still doesn't want to record because it's stupid. And then let's click this button. You going to keep bringing the awesome? You are listening to the Freelancer Codex, a podcast brought to you by the Shut Up and Respawn Network. Welcome everybody to episode 160 of the Freelancer Codex podcast. I'm your host, Steve, along with my co-host, Mike, and with returning special guest, friend of the show, Lupo to the rescue. Lupo, how's it going, man? Long time, no see. It's going pretty good, man. I was actually um, looking through like the notes before. I was like, when was the last time? I was like, it was like almost a, almost, almost a year ago to the day, actually. Has, oh, it, wow. has it really been that long? For some reason, I think yeah. we talked earlier than that, but maybe I'm thinking well, of something different. You know what? I think we just had so much time like in front of the screens and like through the internet that we like always just like had regular conversations about different things over the course of the year because we couldn't really do much of anything else. So uh, <laughs> like I know that you and I, we had a bunch of conversations about like cyberpunk and uh, Nintendo stuff over the summer, I think. We talked a lot. Like there was like, you know, conversations we had, but it's like... Uh, podcast was definitely a while ago yeah well i'm glad to have you back on because it's always fun to get to chat with you and there's one thing that you've been talking a lot about over on the um the mulehorn gaming podcast that you are a host on you've yes. been you have the goal of completing 50 games this year yeah when, it's lofty and ambitious right when you say it out loud like that's like that's a lot of games so how are you going on your your 50 game goal so far uh, I'm at five of 50. So f that's five in six, seven weeks. That's really not awful. It could be, right. it could be worse, you know? So I finished and I like this, this is actually stemming beyond like the 52 weeks of the year. So basically I started at cyberpunk's launch. Cause, um, one of my mods gifted me the game. I wasn't going to get it. He was like, here, I want you to play the game. I was like, it's fine. Fine. We'll do it. So I finished cyberpunk, um, went on to finish Jedi fallen order. Cause I hadn't finished that. Uh, cause I'm like, notorious not completer like get get into a game play it enjoy it for a little bit and then you know destiny calls or you know some other live service game calls <laughs> my my attention back so um jedi fallen order i'm gonna forget oh doom 2016 i finished that too nice. uh the medium and i just finished up the uh the story for star wars battlefront 2 this weekend Oh, very cool. So that's a, that's a lot of good games that you've been playing in there. Medium is one that I have not gotten into yet because there's been kind of some middling reviews on it. So I was just like, well, maybe I'll play it later after I play a couple things. So what was your, uh, it's your six hours it? and it's, it's pretty good. And then like, you're, like you're starting to get like invested towards the end. And then the end, it's just like, bam, hits you like a truck. And you're like, dude, that's it. Where, like, where's the, where's the rest of it? You know? So it's, it's, uh, it's like one of those games, you know? Um, it's like they they kind of market it as like a horror and there's definitely there's definitely not a lot of horror in it. it's more like thriller suspense than anything else okay cool um so we'd like to say hey to rick in the chat rick thanks for hanging out with us again so jedi fallen order that has a great campaign you're going battlefront a lot of stores star wars content I, do you guys have to like play a certain amount of Star Wars games in order to be on like Wade's podcast? Is that what the, the is? <laughs> no, like I, I'm like a lifetime Star Wars fan though. Like, um, I was really big into like the trilogy as a kid. My dad got me into Star Wars at a pretty young age, but I get like the prequels kind of killed a lot of it for a lot of people. You know, it just mm -hmm. didn't hit the same. Like, there's parts of Clone Wars that are very good, but like Phantom Menace is just bad. Like. I tried watching the trilogy again, like the, well, the, I guess the, the, all three, the, the trilogy of trilogies. Um, I, <laughs> I guess that was like 
October or something, and I tried to watch the whole thing. It just, I just the the original like the well the prequel trilogy just did not hit the way I wanted it to at the time. And Phantom Menace being probably the worst Star Wars movie of all of them. You you know the one one good thing that came out of Phantom Menace that I'll always be grateful for pod racing is the N sixty four pod racing game. That was one of the most fun <laughs> racing games that I ever played on the N sixty four. Because like it it was just one of it was one of my favorite games back in the day. We'd go like we never owned it, but we would rent it all the time. Back in the day where, mm-hmm. you know, we would rent video games. That's one that we would always get. We'd always get the pod racing game and I'd play as this little pod racer that didn't have like the the connecting drives or whatever. But that was a really fun game. So then what's on the list for your remaining 46 games or 45 games, however many there are? Well, I'm glad you asked because I actually uh, I write them down and because uh, it, it's 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 a conversation we, like a lot of people like to have. And it's um more inspiring than I even understand it is because people p- people bring it up to me a, a, a lot. Like, you know, Rad on the show, like she brings it up to me and like, oh, you know, this is inspiring me to go back and complete it. Because that's that's really what, it, what it, the core of this whole process is, is that like when you play games like Destiny, you play games like Anthem, you play MMOs and stuff like that, you get very lost in the, in the daily grind and the FOMO of the games that you play, you know, because if you don't log in, you're missing rewards or you're missing this, that, and the other thing. So then if you are so locked into that, you're not playing these other games that might have a really compelling story. So that's where this whole um, process started. So, um, like, specifically, so actually, like, I'll just talk about one game I started this week. Um, I tried to play Kingdoms of Amalur, uh, the Re-Reckoning, earlier this week, and my save file got corrupt, and I was just pissed off. So I stopped that. But, like... Um, let's, let's see. So I still, like I said, start with Cyberpunk. So I have like, uh, Arkham, Arkham Knight. I actually have it on two, two platforms that I haven't finished it yet. Uh, Arkham Origins. I do have Godfall. Uh, Gearbox is kind enough to give, uh, give me a copy or a gift. Give me a copy for review. Um, th- and that's just like the short list of things. Like I, I, I haven't finished Dead Cells. I love like Metroidvania and like platforming games. And I haven't played that. Um, Doom Eternal, while it's still on Game Pass, uh, Control, like, I think you've recommended me Control, like, at least once a week for the last uh, year or so. And <laughs> so. I love that game so much. And that's and that's something, like, are you, like, taking recommendations? Like, hey, if you have a game, I'll put it on the oh, list. Oh, always. Yeah, always. And it's just get slowly added to the list. Like, so one out there title was actually someone recommended me Bullets Per Minute, and it looks really cool. Like, that's a game that I'm, like, really excited to check out. And it's, like, relatively inexpensive on uh, Steam. It's like a it's like a rhythm game, but it's like a it's like a uh, FPS like Doom style game. So it seems pretty cool. Cool. Well, I'm very excited for you to get into Control. That game's amazing. I mean, I hope hopefully Hades is on there because normally um, mm-hmm. you are a live service player. That's what you stream yeah. a lot of. So getting into these story based games and single player games is something that, like you said, it'll help broaden horizons. And yeah, it's got to be really tough because you're like you still have that thing in the back of your mind, like, man, I could be chasing down legendaries. So I'm, I, and I'm glad you brought up Hades. Cause I actually like, this is the other half of like where this conversation started is that we were doing the podcast talking about like the games of the year. And I'm like looking at the list. And I was like, I played animal crossing at some point this year. <laughs> like, and that's about it. Like, yeah. and there was, you know, <laughs> um, last of us and, uh, doom eternal was on there, Hades. And I was like, I, I really haven't played any of these games. So like, where where am I basing my judge for games of the year off if I'm not playing these other like highly 
uh, you know, highly rated or high, like high critical scores of, you know, of games, you know, so I have to go right. back and, and go and go do that and then actively play more over the course of the year as well. Yeah. So that's a lot to do. So why don't you tell everyone where they can watch you play these games, Lupo, and then we will jump into the rest of the show. Uh, for me personally, it's a little bit of everywhere, you know, like, um, I guess the last time I was on the podcast, we were streaming on Mixer, we were Mixer partners and, uh, Mixer is no more. So, uh, when Mixer shut down, they've given us a partnership on Facebook. Well, Facebook offered us a partnership, anyone who had a partnership. So, uh, we stream on Facebook sometimes and we also stream on Twitch because it seems like a lot of the people that were on Mixer just enjoy the ecosystem and, uh, you know, the, the user interface and friendly user ability of twitch so twitch.tv forward slash lupo to the rescue or fb.gg forward slash lupo to the rescue very cool so everyone go check out lupo give him a follow on twitter and everywhere else that he is check him out on the um, muhorn gaming podcast all right so let's dive into we'll give mike a chance to tell us what you've been up to but first we want to thank our patrons and we're going to apologize for this week i had some technical issues so we did not get our 15 minute pre-show in (laughs) it was awesome it was not awesome we should we should have just cropped or recorded your uh video so we could put (laughs) that up and play it like a silent movie type because he was pretty animated his audio was not working and steve's face when something simple doesn't work is actually quite hilarious he doesn't think so but but it really is you know technology should work we've been working on this technology (laughs) thing for i don't know how long has it been at least 31 years since i can remember the internet Mm -hmm. being a thing and having the first ibm stealth computer that we thought was super (laughs) fast because it had pinball on it and you know when it doesn't work it sucks it's like hey windows stop changing all my settings anytime you push an update to my computer that would be great so mike yeah. so actually let's thank our patrons let's thank julius nathan b michael r trent b man and still scout 69 dragonheart 76 jeffrey h the gameplay experience rz and phaedron we appreciate you all very much so mike what have you been up Dude. to maybe we can uh, get some of the games you've been playing over on lupo's all right. 50 list i so so um Again, more VR stuff. The boys and I have been trying to expand and explore and trying to do some more VR stuff. I was able to connect via virtual desktop to jump into the Rift catalog of Oculus games. And there's quite a few more. Um, We found one today that was pretty fun. Um, It's called Guns and Stories. It was just a free demo. Again, I'm on the cheap, so we're doing all the free demos and stuff. But in this one, you're in a Western. You are a cowboy shooting other people with different types of guns, and that's just fun, right? It's just fun to do that. Um, the characters are fun. It's all up in your action. Up, The action is all up in your face, as it should be in VR. You've got some pretty cool guns to choose from, six shooters to Uzis to Tommy guns to big old grenade launchers. Um, it can get pretty hectic with all the bullets and stuff flying at you, and I think it's supposed to be, and so we're dodging on the ground and hiding and ducking and it's actually pretty fun um it's a pretty fun game the boys really enjoyed it to uh to play with we looked at archangel hair hellfire and steve i think this is one that you're gonna like because you're in a mech and it's mechs fighting um didn't have a whole lot of time to jump into that played the tutorial um there's a lot of stuff to do which is fun I'm going to try that one after the show also while the Oculus is charging because we kind of burn that battery down quite (laughs) frequently. And then sticking with the same stuff that we've been doing, Beat Saber, we're trying to get through the campaign. We are trying to go um, 
uh, uh, further in um, the one I talked about last week. The name just left me. God, uh, Journey of the Gods. Very much that that one that has like a um, Link Zelda feel. Definitely going through that more. I still have to get better on the motion sickness that it gives me. Um, working on that. And then kind of a hangup that we that we ran into, we cannot get Minecraft to work. Um, going on the Oculus, we can't get it to go. We keep getting errors on the computer telling us that, that there's... And the, pr the problem is, is like the error code, every time I search it to figure out how to, how to fix it, it gives you like 12 of the most common fixes. And everything that it says, says that one of these will work. Just try them all, right? And I'm like, uh, this really is kind of too cumbersome to try to try Classic so i'm just gonna Facebook. keep trying it every now and then and hopefully it'll just work right hopefully it'll just work itself out yeah Bugs just kind of work themselves into the system i'm hoping maybe they'll just work themselves out of this that's how tech so. issues work mike they just kind of solve <laughs> themselves and you don't have to do anything but yeah hopefully well you it's too many steps. obviously you've too never many... owned a used car either <laughs> <laughs> i haven't actually that's weird that you've never owned a used car why have you never owned a used car that's odd um, I'm kind of a car snob, I think. That's just weird. My wife and I have talked about this a lot that that we won't own used cars. And then you it's buy just brand, one of the things. And then you buy brand new cars that are lemons. Every now and then we do. <laughs> Our van is not doing the best. We have a we have a van that is giving us issues and we bought that brand new, so I think all I have ever owned are used cars. I'm pretty sure there's a truck, a new truck outside your driveway. I don't think that counts. All right. <laughs> okay. So we'll just kind of <laughs> skip that so that it doesn't ruin my narrative. And then, um, so is that all you got? Is that all you got then on your, uh, what you've been doing this week? Um, one other fun thing that, that we did, kind of a side note, a little bit more into like a window into my life. Um, so growing up, our mom raised us on um, music. Music was a huge part of our life growing up. Um, mom earned the nickname of Mary Poppins because of the way that she approached life and the way that she had kind of like a song for every, um, kind of scenario. Um, we also grew up being in the community theater. Um, and one of the plays that we did was Fiddler on the Roof. And as kind of a wild hair, the boys and I actually watched Fiddler on the Roof over the last couple days and they absolutely loved it, which I thought was kind of cool. Because it's, it's definitely one of the movies that um, makes an impact in my life. Because I was actually in that play along with my brother. And, and so the music is very nostalgic for me and, and definitely strikes a chord. And I was it was really cool to see the boys kind of jump on that and, and be excited about that. And laugh at the parts that they were supposed to laugh at. And kind of understand a little bit of what goes on in the second act. Which is actually quite depressing. Like the first act builds you up like really good and you have like an awesome bottle dance and, and great stuff. And then the second act is just, you know, bad, bad stuff happening to everybody, which which again is the point of the movie. But, you know, it was fun for them to see a little bit of that culture and a little bit of that kind of that big iconic piece that that I think most people are familiar with, even if they don't know that they're familiar with Fiddle on the Roof, someone someone knows something from it, right? Like if I were a rich man plays in everybody's head every time the lottery gets above, you know, 150 million. So it's also so that was it was fun for me. That's like a 30 hour play that you had to watch. So you did that it, over like a month. I, I was uh I was running the spotlight for that 30 hour play. 
So sounds like fun. You're the movie's guy. long too. <laughs> the movie's yeah. long too. It's a three and it's a three and a half hour movie. So um, so Phaedron says that they cannot hear me on the thing. So I'm going to figure that out um, while oh, you guys figure out something else. So give me one second. I'm gonna push a couple of buttons here. Um so yeah. Oh and again before you go, Mike, tell oh, us about fan control football good? league. Do you want me to jump into that right now? Yeah. So one of the I'll things that I've this. discovered, one of the things that I discovered well, over the weekend was the fan controlled football league. And and I thought this was kind of an interesting idea. So and I think I have these details right. So if you know anything about it, let me know. Um, but my understanding is that the teams are drafted every week and so they change weekly. So depending on, so you don't know who your team is from week to week. I'm pretty sure that that's how it works out. Um, and there, there's a draft by the Twitch fans, right? It's on Twitch. And so they, they, um, broadcast the draft and the fans are able to pick. And then the fans also get to control the plays via Twitch and if my information is corrupt is correct, that's that's kind of interesting to me that they can do that from a from an ex athlete perspective. It seems kind of, I guess you could do it. You know, switch up your team every week. It makes it tough between quarterbacks and receivers to only have a week to get ready to be able to play a game with each other. Hold on one but second. But maybe that's the point. Phaedron, do you got me now? Um, and real quick, the interesting connection about the Fat Controlled Football League is Patrick Dees is one of the people that actually started this thing. Um, Phaedron says we're good to go. We actually met Patrick Dees in 2019. We were standing in line at EA Play waiting to go see Anthem. And he was in line with us, and we started chatting with him. And he was talk he was telling us about this idea that he had back then of this, like, hey, we're going to try to do this, like, football where – the fans are going to control everything and they have these really big ideas. And I think at that time, Joe Montana was like talking to them about funding it and getting it started. So it was something that these guys have been working on for a really, really long time. And they've got some huge support from a lot of people. And it's kind of a cool idea to where if people want to, it's almost like, it's almost like fantasy football, but you're now it's like one level deeper like, on like fantasy real football. players, right? Yeah, and they've got some pretty big name players in there. Johnny Manziel was one of the quarterbacks, um, and I and I watched I watched the highlights from some of the games. It, it is arena football, so it's, so it's really. Well, I thought it was like I thought you were talking about like fantasy football. It's like this is legitimate. Like people on a field getting drafted by mm -hmm. players via Twitch, and then so are they playing like a pickup game every week or like? That's that's what it sounds like. If the team is drafted every week, so it's basically like rock then, and yeah. rock. Yeah, like more or less. It is actually. It is. They they took that concept and just put it in the human world, which which again I think is kind of cool. You know, for the, for for that to even for players to even want to go out and do that, right? Because again, from from an athlete standpoint, that's really hard to do. I think um, to have a new quarterback, to have new playbooks, maybe unless unless the rules are set up and such that. That there are a certain amount of plays. There's, you know. So you actually get to vote on the playbook as well. So there's mm -hmm. real time play calling. So this is from their website. This is fcf.io.com. It says real time play calling. You're wondering how it works on Twitch and in the FCF app. You'll see runner pass when your team is on offense. Pick one 
and you'll see four diagrammed play options. Lock in your favorite, get notified which play won the vote, and watch the play unfold on the field in real time. It's not magic, but it's pretty damn close, they say. So this very there are like some set players that will play on each team, but it seems like they kind of fill in a couple of spots um, depending on which teams are playing. So you probably aren't picking mm-hmm. like guard, tackle, and those guys. You're probably picking receivers, quarterbacks. Yeah, um, the skill, yeah. the skill players. Yeah, yeah. skill and players. Yeah. So there's no kicking. There's no special teams. They have drone cams, helmet cams, and they have VR also. So I mean, this is something that. It, it has potential to grow and be something that like fills in that gap for football players of like, hey, I really missed the game. And then this is kind of like taking it to that next level. This is like future sport. This, but, but but I think we need to make it clear as as a football fan, someone who has played football, someone who has watched football. This is is very different from football, right? It, yeah. If you squint, it's football. Um, I watched I watched the extra points. The extra points are a quarterback, a receiver, and a defender, and it's one v one, and and you you just kind of throw a fade route and hope your guy gets it right. So it's really really different from the game of football. Um, it's it's really neat. It's really cool to to have the fan interaction with it. Um, but yeah, it's it's definitely new and it takes a while to get used to when you're watching it. And and see those extra points and how they're doing it, and then the play calling and and it is arena football, so there so there's that which which does make it different, um, which does make it different from regular football. Yeah. So I, I think it's a pretty cool idea. I'm gonna try to check out one it of is. Their, their games. It's almost like when a, a goldfish played Pokemon on Twitch. It's very similar to that, right? It's got to be like the same <laughs> thing. So we need to we need to find out where the games are and maybe go to one. I don't know if we can. I, that was gonna be my next question. I like, is it is it real like live games or is it mostly like in a basically like a like a training facility? So it's at, um, it's, it looked like it was live. Yeah, it's at a stadium. Like no one's no one's watching it live right now because of restrictions. So they're just recording everything from the field. So there's yeah. no fans. Well, like in the arena football is in a, is in a hockey arena, you know, or basketball arena. Like yep. and that, like it's it's. Like you said, it's not real football, but it's still a good time. Like I've I've been to a few arena games in my life, um, mm-hmm. and I can see people getting behind that. It's just like, um, how do they adapt this this you know phenomenon to to fit in the world right now? You know where you don't a lot of places aren't having fans in the building and stuff like that. So right. I, that I was the only like a curiosity more than anything else. Yeah, and I think eventually, so, like if it does catch on, they'll definitely have fans in there. And if you since mm-hmm. you can call plays from your phone. Having that yeah, you're in the stands there. making the plays. Everybody's yeah. there doing it, right? That's which is cool. Which is cool to to think about and like, yeah, it's easy to do this and just use the app, right? Because there's a bunch of moving pieces to this. You've got teams. You've got the mobile app. You've got to have infrastructure to keep your mobile app running, right? So that there isn't a breakdown. So, um, it, yeah. it, I mean, it is. It's cool. I I think it's a cool idea. So it looks like the next game is going to be on the twentieth. At 5 p.m., the Beasts versus the Wild Aces. I love, I love Arena League football teams' names. They're just so the Zappers and the 90s. Glacier Boys. <laughs> I, yeah, I went with the yeah. Zappers. So, and everything has been actually everything's been selected by the fans. So the names, the colors, everything has been voted on by fans. So cool. That'll be something to check out this week. We can watch some football and just be in on that. 
So real quick, I'm going to talk about two games that maybe Lupo will decide to add to his list of 25. And the first one is a game that has recently released, and it's called Olija. Um, that's how they say it in the game. Um, and this is developed by Thomas Olsen and Skeleton Crew Studios. And this is, I believe, Thomas has been working on this for about three years by himself. So it is a 2D platformer action RPG, and it is pixel art. So very similar to something like um, Dead Cells. Um this is a very cool game. The game is only about four to five hours, according to howlongtobeat.com. Um, you, you are a character that is in charge of this town, and the town is kind of run out on, or a lot of bad things have been happening to this town. There's no food. There's no money. Um, ships keep getting shipwrecked when they go out to look for food. So the leader of this town, he goes out, and he tries to find food. And he comes across this um, spear or this harpoon that has been talked about in Legends. And he kind of starts out on this quest to save the town by finding food and building up the village. And so far, I've played about an hour and a half of it. I got the spear. You get unlock some really cool powers. Um, the sound is really good. The music is good. Um, the gameplay is nice and tight. It's a very quick game. I really like um, pixel art games. So this is kind of my jam anyway. Um, so I highly recommend this game. It is out on all consoles and it is on Steam, I believe. I actually won a code um, from a different podcast. They had a trivia night and I actually ended up winning a code for this game um, doing some trivia. So this is something that I've been really enjoying. I also, I won the code for the Xbox. So it's the first time I've played an Xbox game like on my Xbox in about a year and a half. <laughs> because I've been on PC for for such a long time, so it's something that I that I strongly recommend. I'm going to continue to play through that game. Um, it's pretty cool, so I think people should check it out. The next thing I have been doing, I downloaded, and this isn't new, but there is a game called Rift Breaker, and Phaedra and I'll talk about that game here in a minute. Um, there's a game called Rift Breaker. It's in early access. It is an RTS almost tower defense like game over on steam it's in early access right now um you can buy you can get the demo for free it it's an rts where you control one character you're a big giant mech um and then you have to build your base and you build defenses against this world that's trying to kill you it's pretty interesting i am a huge rts fan i love homeworld starcraft warcraft all that stuff. Um, huge fan of that. This I thought was pretty interesting because it's been a really long time since anyone has tried to create an RTS. Um, like Civilization is still out there doing its thing, but there really hasn't been anything that's like, hey, this is the new StarCraft. This is the new Warcraft. This one is not that. There is a lot of moving pieces that you have to manage. Um, I think there's too many moving pieces. Um, I'm sure someone smarter can figure it out, but it just seems like for a demo, you had to manage a lot of stuff, like more than just the normal demo where they're like, hey, this is how you build something. And this is your primary thing that you got to collect. They had me collecting like four different minerals, managing seven different like things all at one time. And I'm like, wow, this is like a little too much for a demo. Like, give me a little bit and then I can build up to it. It's an interesting game. Again, it is in early access, so that could change. And that's Rift Breaker. So if you are into RTSs, this might be one to check out as they um, continue development and they continue to work through things. So that's um, Olika as the pixel art game that I highly recommend to everyone and Rift Breaker as something that people should watch and wait to see um, what happens once it comes out of early access. So 
those are the things that I have been doing. All right. So with that, I think we should jump into the news. What do you guys think? Should we jump into the news? We should probably jump into the news. Let's do it. All right. I got to talk to you about something. All right. So the big thing that happened today, I mean, there's a lot of little pieces of news out there that we could talk about, but really the big thing is that Nintendo finally had a Nintendo Direct. It's the first time in 531 days that Nintendo had an official, like, Nintendo Direct. There's been a lot of smaller um, Directs that have come in the last year or so, but this is the first one that's like, hey, this is a full-blown Nintendo Direct. And a lot of cool things happened. Um Lupo, did you get a chance to see the Nintendo Direct today? I did. I watched it live, actually. Very cool. What were what were some of the things that stood out to you? We'll throw it to you. We don't have to go over every little thing, but we can just kind of hit the highlights on. You yeah, know. that's awesome. Um, stood out for me, uh, Splatoon 3. So they, they did announce Splatoon 3. So I got onto Splatoon 2 pretty late. Um, the player base is, is not the issue there, though. But, um, you know, having... Your friends want to play it. It's a it's a game with friends. So like having a new entry into the series and getting on it early is definitely gonna be something I'm looking forward to. Um, a, a lot of a lot of um, a lot of ports and a lot of remakes. So uh, that was definitely interesting to see, in my opinion. I, I, n- nothing different from N- Nintendo though. Like they they're like known for those types of things. Um, and then the star the Star Wars game seemed pretty interesting. I'd like to know more about the um, the Star Wars game. Yeah, so let's let's jump over to the Star Wars game here because I think that stood out to me. Um, so this is a game coming from Zynga. Zynga is the mobile developer. They develop a lot of mobile games. That's kind of like their main jam. Um, oh, shoot, what was his name? Matrick. What was his first name? Don Matrick. Yeah, Don Matrick, who, who was in charge of the Xbox One launch back in 2013, actually left Xbox and went to Zynga. I don't know if he's still there now. So I don't want to be like, hey, Don's over there. So like, be wary of Don because of everything that he did with our with the Xbox back then. But that's just something that I'll always remember. So Zynga and Lucas Games, they announced Star Wars Hunters. It's a competitive arena combat game coming to the Nintendo Switch in 2021. And it will bring players together to engage in thrilling team-based multiplayer battles featuring a diverse array of distinctive new Star Wars characters. So it will be available free to download for the Nintendo Switch and on the App Store, and on Google Play later this year. And Hunters will not require um, Nintendo Switch Online membership to download and play. So this sounds like probably cross-play between the Switch and mobile users. And like they didn't really give us much hints of like what the gameplay will be like. What do you, what kind of gameplay do you want from it, Lupo? Like, do you want like team-based shooter or... Um, well, like I, I thought I, I'm under the impression it's a, it's a third person, uh, like combat arena type thing. So not unlike other things that we've seen recently. Um, I just, I, I would love a cooperative game. Like I, I'm just, I don't want to stress out about, um, competitive games anymore. I'm just too old for that stuff, but <laughs> I, I'll take star Wars any way I can get it. Even if it's not like you know, your favorite heroes and stuff like that. Like, I, I would hope that you have some sort of level of, of customization so you can make your hero, whether you want to be like, you know, a a, you know, a clone trooper or, you know, a, a, you know, a Mandalorian bounty hunter or something like that. Like, 
that's what I want to see, like the, the level of customability. Because uh, I'm pretty sure it's a shooter. Like I don't think there's lightsabers and stuff like that in the game. They did show off one character with a lightsaber, though, at the... It looked like a character select screen, so maybe there's potential for melee characters. Mm-hmm. Or it could just be like, hey, this is your cosmetic. You get a cool lightsaber, but really you're going to be yeah. shooting each other. So it'll definitely be interesting to see. Also interesting that... Um, Shoot, wasn't there a Metroid Hunters game? I believe it was called Metroid Hunters. That was like an arena shooter. That was back on the 3DS a long time ago when they tried to get you to use the like thumb stylus in order to control the reticle on the screen. Like Nintendo was trying some really crazy things back in the day. I'm pretty sure it was called Metroid Hunters. But Mike, did you see <laughs> anything from the Direct that stood out to you? Um, No, I did not. I... Uh... I unfortunately don't own any Nintendos. You do I, too own true. Nintendo. I have I have the Game and Watch. That's it. No, and, <laughs> and that's fine because, like like you said, Lupo, it seems like Nintendo because they announced that they're bringing um, Skyward Sword HD to the Switch. It seems like any chance that Nintendo gets right now, they're bringing games that were out on the Wii U that no one played because no one bought the Wii U. They're like, well, let's just bring those over to the switch and people will buy them on the switch because people are buying everything on the switch. And that's fine for people that didn't play yeah. skyward sword. That's cool. Um, people will get a chance to do that. I was hoping that they were going to not include um, motion controls for it. Um, I don't know if you can play the game without the motion controls. for yes, Skyward Sword. You didn't, you didn't hear that. Did you? I did not. So you can, you can, the whole game you can play without motion, motion controls. They've, they've edited it. Awesome. But it might be worse. Not so awesome. So the all of the all of the sword actions are with your right thumbstick. Okay, I did see that, but are they? Hmm. Yeah. So no, 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 no. So you can't tap buttons to swipe your sword. Your sword is the thumbstick. So if you want to swipe across the left, you have to go from right to left with your with your thumbstick. Nintendo, <laughs> Nintendo makes choices. That's for sure. Like you can never. <laughs> You can never say Nintendo doesn't like stick to their guns. I'm excited for people that get to play Skyward Sword for the first time. Skyward Sword is the first game in the very confusing Legend of Zelda timeline. So if that's important to anyone. Chronologically. Chronologically. If that's important to anyone, (laughs) that's information for you. But um, yeah, I'm excited for people to play. The one thing that I was super excited for is they announced Project Triangle Strategy. And this is a new game from um, Square Enix. Um, Phaedron says, my anime waifus are coming to Smashwork, Xenoblade, Pyra, and Mithra. Oh, yeah. Um, that is, hold on. For some reason, um, Twitch auto-modded waifus. And they're like, you can't say waifu on this show. So <laughs> yeah. that's kind of weird. <laughs> like, you can't say, you, I, I'm not even going to say it because you might get banned. But like uh, <laughs> other words like that that are just like super questionable. Yeah, That's so funny. so Phaedron, um, there are new people coming to Smash Brothers. So I, I, I saw those people and I'm like, I have no idea who these people are. But the thing that I was excited for is Project Triangle Strategy. This is a new game from Square Enix, and it is like the successor to strategic RPGs. Um, it has a very Octopath Traveler look to it. It instantly reminded me of Final Fantasy Tactics from the PlayStation, from the Game Boy Advanced. I think this game looks super cool. I think the like having everything voice acted is amazing. I love the colors of it. I love like having all the different units, like the summons. This game 
might actually make me buy a switch. That's how excited oh, I was for it. Like there's not I've a, heard you say that before though. It's true. You've heard me say it a lot of times. <laughs> Will this be the time? Maybe. I'm not sure. It comes out in 2022, so there's still a lot of time. There's still that rumored update for the Switch that might be coming then Nintendo says isn't coming isn't coming, but you know it's Nintendo. Coming? Yeah. A, Don't even worry word. about it. I'm like thinking of I'm thinking of like strategic RPGs here. So I, I think this game is really cool. I would love to play a game like this on the computer, sitting down with a mouse and keyboard. I don't know why we'll never be able to get that, but I think this game looks super cool. I'm I'm really excited for it. All right. So, I'm excited that you're excited I'll for t- it. It's, it's good that you finally get excited for something. <laughs> that is true. The one thing I'm disappointed is that, so like I've been playing a lot of Genshin Impact, and it's a... It's a a game by a Chinese developer uh, called Mihoyo, and they make a lot of um, mobile games. Uh, so they have Genshin Impact, which is on PC, mobile, uh, PS4. Um, and supposedly it's supposed to come to Switch, so it was a little disappointing to not get that information now. So mm-hmm. that's just my my one one personal downside. Yeah, and I know a lot of other people were, were kind of bummed about not hearing anything about Breath of the Wild 2. Um, I think the whole world was bummed that we... I think Nintendo forgot that they owned the Metroid franchise. I don't know yeah. if Nintendo's <laughs> like, who owns that? Is like, does that, Did Xbox buy that sometime when they were buying everything? Or, or who's, the new, uh, who's the new THQ Nordic Embracer group? They're like, yeah, maybe Embracer owns Metroid right now. But I don't know... Well, at who- least like they let, it, let, it, let off with that, though. They didn't yeah. say like... You know, just wait. We might have some information. No, they said like right away. Like, look, we don't have any information on Breath of the Wild, but we'll have it soon. You know, so I and I think I think like Zelda fans are you know at least sated with the announcement of Skyward Sword because that's another rumor that's been going around for a little while. So, I think I think uh, for like for a diehard Nintendo fan, especially Zelda fans, I think I think they're. Uh, you know, content with what happened today. Yeah, and I think them saying like, "Hey, we're working on the game. We're not showing any showing anything." Like that's a good move. That's not keeping yeah. your people like, oh, are they going to say it? Is it now? They're, and then they get super disappointed. It's like, hey, they're working on it. They told us we can just cut it. Like, that would be awesome if another company told us like, hey, guys, we're doing this with this game or we're not doing this with this game. That would be really helpful <laughs> to like a huge player base. People that have like really been, you know, evangelizing your game for a really long time that would be helpful oh, okay um okay. so so like um if, if you're listening to this recording um we have five days till that till that really gets sorted out if it's if we get past the five days well which is the 22nd uh then, then i don't have any hope personally all right so let's just jump into it because this is one of the reasons why we uh Ask Lupo to come onto the show. I've got to record a timestamp here, and then we'll get into more meat of the show. So, Anthem, Lupo, we actually found you because you were streaming Anthem, and then that's kind of how our relationship friendship started. Like, hey, mm-hmm. this is another person that's super excited about Anthem. Let's talk to all the people that are excited about Anthem. Um, you guys recently talked on the pod on your podcast about the same thing we talked about last week. I don't so much want to like get our emotions again because I got a really emotional on the fact that, you know, they're not telling us anything and they haven't been telling us anything for a year and a half. If let's let's go hypothetically, if they green light Anthem, what do you think Anthem needs to do differently than what it did before in order to compete in as whatever game it should be, because it's going to be very difficult for them to compete if the game releases in 2024 
as a live service game. So what do you think Anthem should be or what should they not try to be? That's a confusing question. Um, I, I, I don't think they should try to go head to head with Destiny. Anyone that goes try to like that tries to go head to head with Destiny loses, and like Division saw that twice now. So, um, they they have to differentiate themselves. They have to create. They have to craft a Bioware story that's unique to, you know, to to their to their universe. You know, they like make something that people want to go in and and do every day. Like as much as I, I don't like saying it, like you have to, you have to create some sort of urgency to get to, to log into the world every day or every month or every so period, period of time. Um, so I think like realistically a timetable is, is super important right now to like say, Hey, this is what we're, this is what we're going to do. And we're going to update over X amount of time. So even if they're not going to give a release or like a release window, if they do decide to go with it, cause I don't feel that they're going to um, say, you know, in a year, in a year, we expect this to launch. And if they're not like, they, they're going to have to have like developmental updates, which is kind of what they were doing for a little while with Christian. It was not as frequently as we would have liked, but like towards the end, it, it was, it was becoming frequent, you know, like, I think, I guess like once every six weeks, he gave mm -hmm. us like a, you know, little, little tidbit, but yeah, like consistent communication. If, if they're going to, if they're going to commit to it, it's gotta be, it's gotta be consistent. Communication needs to be there. And, uh, if they say that we're gonna do it, but we're not, you're not gonna hear anything for a while. Like, I, I guess we have to accept that too. So we're not like seeing these things that we may or may not get at some point, which is what happened in the first place sometimes. Yeah, yeah, and I think that's kind of the big thing is just like the hey guys, this is what we're doing now because, like you said, Christian was kind of updating us, and then since he moved over to Dragon Age, it's been very much up in the air of what's going on, who's what, who's where. And I'm not saying that they owe us, like, any updates. I mean, they've told us their head's down working on 2.0. It's been a really long time. Like, the thing with Jason coming out and saying, hey, this is going to take a while. They're going to, like, really take their time to figure out what they want to do with this. I think... You know, potentially that could be a really good thing that they're going to actually not just like, hey, okay, you didn't hit these metrics, we're killing the game, because that's kind of what EA has been known to do in the past. They kill games that aren't making money, and they support games that are. That's why FIFA is where it's at. I mean, well, mm -hmm. I don't even know if they support FIFA. I'm sure they can put like slap a new number on FIFA, and people would still buy it. Um, yep. So I'm not sure if that's like an app comparison. But it, it's just something like we would just like to know because right now there's, you know, Fajan started this hashtag movement that's like going out there and everyone's like sharing it around. And it's still been silent from developers then. Um, I know John Warner's tweeted out, like, appreciates the support. Jason even said, or Schreier said, like, hey, everyone's excited about the support. But, you know, it'd be nice to hear from the team. Um, one thing I think and I wish that they would do is I wish they would just kind of like drop the whole life service thing and just like make a smaller story based game. I don't think life service did anything for them in the past. I don't think that ever really got started. And I wish they would just like tell a Bioware story that, you know, isn't hindered by the fact that uh, a lot of people have to get on and play the same content. I know that's weird. And that would be like going to, you know, 180 degrees from what they have started building. But I think that's something that I would like to see him do that. Cause like you said, like we shouldn't be chasing other games. We should be something new. We should be something different, really something that has its own identity instead of trying to be um, Knights of the Old Republic or trying to be destiny or trying to be division. Mike, what would you like to see the game do differently if it gets greenlit? Um, I think I would like 
for me, um, more in-game personality. And when I say that, I mean, I mean the javelins were cool as we had them, but but my javelin ultimately looked like everybody else's javelin. Even when you even when you got to customize and look at color palettes, there's only so much you can do, and there's only so many combinations that look good, right? Um, there's only so many wraps. Some of the wraps were great. Some of the wraps, eh? I mean, they, they didn't get worn very much. Um, the guns seemed like they had no personality for me. Um, each gun was the same as all the others. I felt they didn't look different. Um, so I would like more personality that way. It didn't feel, uh, remarkable to fly a javelin. It was fun, but I never felt like, like Iron Man. I never like, and I think that's one of the things that that we were told that we were were supposed to feel like we're supposed to feel like superheroes flying these javelins, right? You, you don't feel like a superhero when you have to land, I don't think. And I understand why that was in, right? I I know that we had to land for certain reasons to be able to load assets in, in front of us, but you know, that that's one thing that like as a player, um, I don't, I don't know if I, as a player, if I necessarily have to, know that that's why I have to land or care like like it, that's not my jo- job I guess you know what I mean um it's it's a weird it's a weird thing to kind of say out loud because it makes you feel like you have no compassion sympathy or empathy for for what people are doing but I want to fly and I want to be able to stay in the air indefinitely like that's what I want to do um I apologize for that not that I have to apologize for that but I also I mean I'm not a anyway um, so more personality, story that goes somewhere, interesting enemies. The enemies just seemed very... One thing that always bugged me is that is that the Dominion weren't in Bastion with javelins on, and we were told that in order to survive outside of the walls, you had to be in a javelin. But these guys are running around without them, and I'm like, well, do I have to be in a javelin or do I not? So consistency and that kind of things. You know, and, and again, maybe just have an identity. What what are you guys have a clear a clear cut thing? What are you? Yeah. So I you know, I do want to know what you are. Yeah. So. I do want to bring attention to the chat because I think this is the first time that this has ever happened in the show. Um Rick in the chat says he agrees with Mike. So I believe that <laughs> might be the first time that <laughs> That is somewhere. not the first time that that's happened. Why well, thank you, Rick. I'll uh, I'll send you your cash in the mail. Yeah, <laughs> Phaedron <laughs> says he wants Monster Hunter Anthem, which would be pretty cool. Um, Monster Hunter has some cool creature design. So, all right. Um, I think we, I don't know if we'll know, like, when we'll know. Like, Lupo, you're saying five days we'll know. And then. Yeah, I, I think we're going to get some sort of communication by the 22nd regardless, whether whether it's the green light or whatever it is. But, like, knowing that they had a, you know, uh, project review last week. Supposedly, you know, Schreier's been pretty good with his information. Um, I would, I would expect something by next week, hundred yeah. percent. And you know what? It'll we we hope. Yeah, yeah. yeah we uh, thoughts and prayers to the team. That's what I'll say. Thoughts and prayers to the team. All right. So there's. Oh, uh, hang on, I, I remember my thought now. Okay. Um. So like, the team's <laughs> only thirty people, right? So. Yeah. Like you got to look at the the other people, uh, the other studios that are using teams that small. So like No Man's Sky is twenty six people, and they can do everything that they did. So I don't think it's a matter of 
how many people are working on it. It's how much they want to reinvest into the project. You know what I'm saying? So those 30 people can be easily put onto other teams and probably add 10%, 10 to 20% work, uh, you know, work power or manpower to Dragon Age and slash or Mass Effect. You know, so I think that's really more the issue here. That's something that I uh, really researched earlier this week, uh, and I didn't realize that uh, you know Hello Games was that small. It's only 26 people. Yeah, 26 people for all that stuff that they've been putting out for like the last exactly. 17 that's what I'm years. saying. That's what I'm trying to say. That's wow. impressive. Well done. Hello, games. You've done it again. All right. So <laughs> real quick, um, this is something that we'll have to mention. Someone sent this over to me, um, and I figured we had to talk about it. So friend of the show, Devin, says, hey, talk about this Xbox thing. That's a big surprise, right? Devin was like, talk about this Xbox thing. So I'm going <laughs> to... We I'll, like Devin. We miss Devin. I'll go over this in the most Devin way possible. <clears throat> Sony sucks. Xbox is the best, and this is a thing from Xbox. This is all this is all Devin talking. All right. Um, so Xbox um, started talking about this thing that they called um, what do they call it? So they had a name for it. How come I don't have the name here? I'll just read it. FPS this. Boost Technology. Yeah, they need a better name for that. Let's let's come up with a better <laughs> name for how to boost FPS. The FPS booster, the frame booster, frame master, frame master, booster master. All right, I'll just read it. So Microsoft lifted the lid on its brand new FPS boost technology. It's a series of system level tweaks that allows legacy Xbox One titles to run with twice or even four times the frame rate on Xbox Series consoles. Far Cry 4, Watch Dogs 2, UFC 4, Sniper Elite 4, New Super Lucky's Tale are the first five titles to support this new feature and they've had and digital foundry had a chance to test them all and the first impressions are impressive and the gaming experience is transformed on every game a lot of these games used to only run at 30 frames a second with this new boost technology running on the series s that they were testing on they were all running at 60 frames per second they were still running in the same resolution um, on the series s they were running some games at 980p some of them at 1080p but it doubled the frame rate and this is all being done on the um on system side stuff so this isn't like adding anything new to these consoles it's just the engineers are engineering and they're getting a lot of gains out of the system. Devin wanted to add that, haha, Sony, you can't do this, and Nintendo never will be able to suck at Sony. Those are Devin's words, not mine. So, um, so we'll just move on for that. We had to That's add that funny. in there for Devin. So, good job, Xbox. You're doing Xbox things, and you're getting those frame rates. All right. Now, everyone, this is the part of the show where I geek about geek out about marvel stuff we'll keep the short i know lupo it's like one o'clock in the morning over where you're at <laughs> but um let's kind of jump into wandavision and we will warn people now that there will be we will be spoiling all of episode six of wandavision and we'll do heavy spoilers like we're going so in depth you've never been more in depth into a tv show before we're going like this, lost this is in, in depth. depth yeah we're <laughs> this isn't just like cutting the surface of like wandavision we're going all the way in phadron thanks for hanging out catch up on the show what are you waiting for um so yeah so here we what go what is he waiting for I well can no i idea. can i preface this segment by saying that uh i started watching because steve reached out to me a couple weeks ago and said hey we're gonna talk wandavision and uh we want you to have you on i was like all right guess i gotta start watching <laughs> that you was the... hadn't been watching no you're no, not all right. you're not consuming all things marvel no i'm dc so you're not watching anything then so you're just uh no i'm, I'm waiting for the how cider does... cut how long have you been waiting for that 
not long. Like I haven't like actively <laughs> pursuing it, but I'm just saying. Like I'd rather I'd rather have the Snyder cut in in, in my opinion. But to get back huh. on topic to what we we're talking about here, I wanted to binge the whole thing. Like I want to just say because early impressions were bad. A lot of people said, you know what, WandaVision's kind of whack. I don't want to watch it. You know, so it's like you know what, I'm not like that invested. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna. I'm just gonna wait. I'll wait for all however many episodes. Binge the whole show at once. Um, and then once once Steven said to to check it out, we're gonna talk about it. I even got my wife involved, and we just we just watched the the whole series like right then and there. We were like, "All right, now I'm invested. I'm I'm going for it." And now every Saturday night we get together and we we watch the show together on Saturday nights. So it's a good thing. That's awesome. awesome. That's so awesome. so Fajan in the chat says he doesn't have Disney Plus because Ryan Johnson killed Star Wars. Get over it, Fajan. Watch WandaVision. <laughs> um, so so Lupo, like, what has your impressions been overall of the show then? Before we the jump first, into episode the, six. The first episode was rough. Like, it, it was it was hard to really, like, get into that. But until, like, the last five minutes. And then you're like, oh, something's going on here. And then... Yeah. Because I like, I like that, you know, not everything is as it seems, you know? So, um, I, I like I like the, the background stuff going on. And then now it's, it's less background and more, like, there. You know, everything is, like, right in the front and apparent. Um, but they do add, you know, they add some things, which we'll, I guess we'll kind of talk about. Um, definitely some things I wasn't expecting to see, for sure. Yeah, for sure. All right, so let's jump into WandaVision, episode six. WandaVision. All right, I prepared a bunch of clips for this that we will go over. Um, we're just going to kind of break this down scene by scene. We'll talk about it. We'll go in depth. Things that we are anticipating, predictions, things that like we weren't expecting. So Mike, break us down. Part one, Inside Westview. Let's go. And before we like get into it, like at the end of episode five, Pietro shows up and it's X-Men Peter. It's not, um, it's not Age of Ultron Ultra. Peter. It's, um, X-Men Peter. So Mike, break it down. Okay, so first impressions, um, definitely not my most favorite genre. Apparently, I hate the 90s because this, this, um, I hated this one for some 90s reason. 90s TV was awful, why. man. I guess it was. I guess it was, but I hated it, okay? Because it was like step so by step. I was watching step by step, like that yeah, theme song. You're like, you're like, what is happening here? Although I did like step by step. Uh, I'm just kidding. Um, so this one was this one was bad, right? Because because it definitely goes like the kids are the main focal point, the main storytellers. I think that's one of the things I disliked most about 90s television. Um, Sweet Life of Zach and Cody. Um, uh, Malcolm in the Middle. Um, what were some of the other ones? Um, anyway, I did I did not like it. So so we jump in. We have the the crazy hip hop theme song. Everything is chaotic. I think that I think that means something now. I think now in the beginning the shows were very clean and Wanda and Vision had it all together. But since the twins have come along, they have frazzled hair. They are the house is in disarray. Um, I think that's going to end up meaning something. Obviously, later in this episode, it means something. But I think for this series, it's also going to mean something a little bit more. Um, so we open up and Billy and Tommy are talking about what they want to be for Halloween. And we see that the twins are definitely two different people now. One of them is is kind of very scared. One of them is the fearless type. Um, Billy is wearing a costume that resembles his future Wiccan costume. And that's going to be a recurring theme. Uh, Pietro wakes up because he's now a bum on the couch. Um, the boys want to prank him with shaving cream. 
but he's too fast for them, right? And this was this was the first thing that I thought was like a little bit different for me is that Pietro was just like showing off his powers right in front of everybody. Nobody was really hiding it anymore. There was no hiding in Westview anymore, even from Wanda. Well, I think um, also, Wanda, Mike, before you go on, like one of the big things okay. on the internet before this was like, People were thinking that Pietro showing up was like a, this red herring. Like it wasn't really him. He didn't have powers. And that was like a big thing last week. Oh, is, it, is he really? Does he have the powers? Is it really him? Is it someone else? And this episode was just like, no, it's him. Like he's going to run around all over the place. Like throw that uh, theory out of the window. It's him and he's using his powers and no one cares. So, But well, but again, it ties up. It ties itself up and the end of the episode, right? So, so we get this reveal kind of thing. So, and we'll get to that. We'll get to that in a bit. Um, so Pietro runs around, teases the boys, helps the boys. They find their costumes. Um, and then Wanda and Vision show up with their costumes. Wanda is dressed as the Scarlet Witch, which is, whoa, surprise. And Vision is actually dressed as Vision, their comic book um, costumes, which I didn't really care for much just as a personal thing. I'm like, eh, this doesn't. Like, I guess I get it, but come on, we can do better. It almost seems like it would have been better for the TV show within the TV show if they were different characters. But anyway, that was just me. That was I just don't me. know. I thought it was um, a cool way to bring in those costumes because they're ridiculous on the page. Like, oh, no one would ever wear this because they're ridiculous. I thought it was a cool way for them to bring it in. Lupo, do you have a an opinion on them showing off their comic book costumes in this fashion? Yeah, I feel the same way as you. You know, like... It was, as me, it's, it's, I appreciate it's, that. Uh, <laughs> like the paying homage to like the the old old styles, and I, and I think a lot of a lot of um, Marvel IP now is doing that, just like um, showcasing the legacy. Right, right. It's sixty um, sixty years of he- history, you know. So it's you it know, is it's it's, 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 it's a lot of things to show because they do a lot of a lot of the same thing in the um, Avengers game as well right and it's also like a very easy nostalgia hit for the fans that will be mm-hmm. like oh we love you because you're paying homage to the thing that i love so it's like free it's like freebies for marvel to do things like this so i i guess i guess maybe in the context of the show it seems a little bit um like if you're trying Cheesy. to be it, it does but also if you're trying to to have a normal quote-unquote normal life why would you put it out that you're like the scarlet witch and yeah but vision in, in this universe like saying, in this universe those aren't their real costumes though right like one does no well is who knows one has never shown up like that fighting ultron so <laughs> um so wanda and vision this is when we first start to see kind of some disconnect between Wanda and Vision. It's not all pleasant in Westview, and there's definitely some things that are amiss um, because Vision comes in and says, all right, everybody, have fun. I'm going to go do the neighborhood watch while you uh, trick-or-treat. And this this throws Wanda. And and you almost get the sense, like, like behind the scenes, they had a talk that that Wanda said, well, I'm not going to control you anymore. And Vision now has free reign to kind of do what he wants to do. Because Wanda very well could have said, no, we're going trick-or-treating and you're going with us, right? Um, and that could have been the end of it. But So Vision goes off his way and Pietro 
is now taking the boys trick-or-treating. I, I was going to say, we've all had that conversation with our wives, right? Like, I don't want to go trick-or-treating. <laughs> yes, you do. Okay. so then and, we you, get... <laughs> and you want to wear this, don't you? <laughs> yeah. So we get this line from, uh, from Pietro. It's their first Halloween. You have to be there. Whoa, whoa, whoa. What's the big deal, yo? Big guy is a conflict. Twins need a father figure for the night. Don't sweat it, sis. I got the old XY chromosome. Uncle Pete the rescue, huh? There you go. Problem solved. Yeah, so Pietro's the problem solver. He's coming in on this episode to so, just, like, figure it all out for him. So just as a question, is is that who Pietro was during um, his X-Men stint? Is that how he talked? No. Or or is this for this show only? That's that's kind of the persona he's taken on. It, he has a different accent um, in this show than he does from the X-Men movies. So he's so he's definitely more like Uncle Joey from Full House, right? Yes, now. he's definitely yeah. playing at okay. two eleven. Okay. So then, but like, um, I I didn't really think about that line until you played it back, and it makes it seem like he's there. He's there to interject and get Vision on the on the path outwards. You know, like that's kind of mm-hmm. like the the Im- implication almost of like the line, like, oh yeah, don't worry about it. I got this. You know, like because he knows that he's playing a bigger part now. Yeah, he's definitely there to move the plot forward and he knows yeah. it and he's like not hiding it like other people have had have had to in the show. He's like, mm-hmm. yeah, this is what I'm here for. I'm like this plot device, so here we go. Interesting. So then after af- so then after that we get over to part number 2 and this is outside of the hex and we are over into sword base and the hex wall is still red. They show us the hex wall and there's a group of sword people bringing in the drone. So this is just like picks up right after um, Wanda threw the drone out. So in the real world, outside of the hex, it's like minutes after. But it seems like inside of the bubble, it's been a several days. Everyone's like set up for Halloween. Like time is moving way differently inside of the hex than it is outside of the hex. So there's that weird correlation that things are moving much faster inside and then outside. And maybe that would explain like why the kids are growing up a little bit more. But one of the things that happens here is that Monica finally confronts Hayward and gets really mad at him and yells at him. And she says this. You cut us off at the knees sending in that missile. Now we know who we're dealing with. Like, I, I'm, <laughs> this is what Steve's takes on this guy are, are just so emotionally charged and funny because because, man, he hates this bad trope of directors that just fire from the hip. So it's it's funny to watch you. I really do. Because I, and I'll talk about how much I hate it. Because it's bad writing. like, And that's why I think there has to be two bubbles. Like it, it has to be bad on purpose. Like, he's like, now we know who we're dealing with. Like, what do you mean now you know? Like, everyone knows who Wanda Maximoff is. Like, why of all of a sudden is like, oh, she threw this drone at me and now I know. It's just so, it's bad TV. And that's why I keep coming back to only because it like fits my narrative that there's two bubbles and he doesn't know that he's inside of the bubble and he's being controlled to like play this part of a um, antagonist because it's just dumb. It's like now we know who we're dealing with. What kind of dumb line is that? So then maybe he's a scroll. I don't think he's a scroll because scrolls are smarter than what Hayward is doing. And then again, (laughs) so Darcy attacks Hayward as well. And then Hayward asks, um, then Hayward says this. Again, this is just like proving my point that this is bad TV. Hey, there he is. The guy who almost got murdered by his own murder squad. You work for me? I actually don't know. She's with me. I see. 
And which one of you is the sassy best friend? There's no time for you to diminish your colleagues. When you're about to start a war, you can't win. See, and it's that line of like, oh, you're the sassy best friend? Like, you're the person that has been cast in this role? Right? And I, 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 I totally know that I'm like crazy off the wall and I want this to be true because everything outside of the hex is bad. And it's just like, what is going on here? But I don't know. Like, just that line saying, oh, you're the sassy best friend? Like, was he going to say, oh, you're you know, the smart, like, FBI officer? I don't know. It just seems weird, right? I can't be the only one that thinks that it just seems weird. I, I think you actually are the only one that thinks that. I think, I think again, it's, it's played up to be that there has to be a very obvious antagonist because we still don't know who the actual antagonist is, right? So I, I, know, I know you want there to be two bubbles, but I'm pretty sure there's only one. I'm going to convince you by the end of the show. Lupo, what's your take? So. What's your take on the two bubble theory? Because everything that happens outside of Westview is just bad. Uh, it's plausible. That's all I needed. That's all I needed was. <laughs> so you're saying there's a chance? I mean, I I I, I don't like <laughs> saying one thing's black or white if you don't know the answer. You know, there's there's just there's actually more chance to be struck by lightning twice. Whilst being eaten by a shark, <laughs> shark yeah. on top of Mount Everest, than there is about being two bubbles. I'm going to convince you because listen to this line by Hayward. Maximoff was never going to negotiate with us. We take her out, this whole nightmare ends. We don't know that. We actually have no idea what will happen in there or out here if Wanda dies. So what? We just surrender to that? Not happening. So we know that Mac it is so. So it is rather interesting, and he definitely is not acting very smart, right? So, so, I, so I will take that. So, I, so I'll get that. He is definitely not the smart director. He he definitely is is trying to hide something. Um, when when Monica says we don't know what's going to happen inside there or out here, that kind of leans to we're connected to this somehow other than just you know we're uh we're an audience to what's going on inside because so far that's all we expect we expect that they're an audience to what's going on inside um because because again what is what is the motivation for sword to even figure out what's going on we're told that it's a missing person but we haven't revisited that plot point since episode two or three maybe even one so, so what is their connection and why do they want to get in there anyway? It's, right. So, right. So then, so then we go from there. Then Hayward kicks the trio out. Captain Rambo, you have become an impediment to this mission. Constantly advocating on behalf of superpowered individuals. Yes, I know your history with Carol Danvers. And all you people who left still have the luxury of optimism. You have no idea what it was like, what it took to keep the lights on. Don't use the last five years as an excuse to be a coward. Maybe it's a good thing you weren't here when your mother died, because clearly you don't have the stomach for this job. Get her off my base. Now. All of them. So it does seem like Hayward has like this thing for superpowered people, right? Like he just mm -hmm. doesn't like them. And it could be, shoot, when, like I have this weird memory. Oh, it's like, it's the incredible, it's the Incredibles. Like everyone hated the Incredibles because the superpowered people like accidentally made, you know, a mess, made a mess. And they're like, well, we hate you all. So it's just like this. Also, like, I know we'll, we'll talk a little Trophy. bit about, 
Yeah, yeah. It's, it's very tropey, almost like it's a bad TV show happening oh, in geez. Sword Base. But it also plays into like the the X Men thing, right? That X Men has always been about the prejudice of people that had the X gene. People were different, and that's what like you know big conflicts in the X Men universe were about. And we know that it's very possible that some X Men X Men have been mentioned and could be coming in to the MCU. We already know that Pietro's here. So it could just be playing more into that. So Monica and Jimmy attack sword troops outside the base. They punch them twice. They fall down. They escape. And absolutely all the other guards that were out there that were walking around didn't see it. And they just get to walk away. Also playing into my theory of what's going on here. So I'll just point that out as many (laughs) times as possible. So I don't know. So it's just one of those things that, like, when, when you were watching this, Lupo, you and your wife, was there anything like, hey, like, I mean, it feels like two different shows, right? I don't know yeah. if it's supposed to feel like that, but it's just like even writing wise, you expect okay, they both sides should be like have great writing. Well, you know, I I didn't realize that it's it's really like three shows, you know, because you're watching the show and then there's the show inside the hex and then there's a show outside the hex. You know, it's like like I didn't realize that that was that's what the implications of what you're saying is going on. So it's a show it's with like show showception. It's a Russian. Yeah, so, so like you you have the WandaVision show on the inside, but you also you have this faux CSI on the outside. Is what you're saying? Exactly, yeah. and the faux CSI is just as bad as real CSI. Or, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Zooming <laughs> in hands, cliche. <laughs> I mean, pretty much. All right, so let's go back into Westview, and I don't know if you guys picked up on this um, right away, but there are finally kids inside of Westview. I didn't I think pick it up we until saw, said it. Yeah, I think when we saw the trick-or-treaters, we were like, yeah, there's kids back. But but then again, but then again, and they talk about this later, but the kids never left, right? Because Pietro and Wanda, this is this is near in the third act. They're sitting on a hay bale, and Pietro actually explains it, right? You know, that the, the kids were just laying in bed because that's where Wanda wanted them, right? They, she didn't need them for that part, for the for the other parts of the show. So she let them stay in their bed. I thought that was interesting. They didn't get their casting call. Sh- they they didn't, and and that's really how it's set up, right? Because if Wanda is in control of everything, you're not seen on screen unless Wanda wants you to be seen on screen, right? So so that shows a her power, and we're gonna see that again near the end of this episode. But then also just raises the question: What is going on here? What why is she doing what she's doing? We know that she has stolen vision and is trying to have a normal life. But why to this degree, right? Why does she think that that TV through the ages is normal? Well, I don't know. If, so that's. Oh, sorry. So, yeah. So we'll continue to talk about that. So this is yeah. just a shout out for all the people that think Mephisto is kind of controlling everything because Pietro shouts out this line while they're um, trick or treating. So in the comics, Mephisto actually helps birth the twins, and like that's one of the big theories. Everyone's like talking about Mephisto. I feel bad to like ignore it, even because I'm going on about my long, dumb, unbased theory of being there two <laughs> two bubbles. So I figured I better mention that. Lupo, have you de- have you gone on a deep dive into into One Division? Because I know you like are. No, I honestly, honestly, I hadn't. Um, I'm still trying to like grasp on like where it because i this is a lot of this is new to me you know i've i think i've only been watching maybe about three weeks or so now so it's uh trying to process a lot of information in a little bit of time so i haven't like had time to go back and and rewatch enough times um 
but like I'm still trying to figure out like how this fits inside of like what someone who only knows MCU knows about, you know? And it's yeah. it's a diff- it's a difficult point of saying like okay, this is this is the point of interjecting where like like having trouble remembering who who got taken in the snap and who is left from the snap, who comes back after the snap. It's 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 a lot of things. The blip. I'm sorry, the blip. We'll call it the blip. The blip. Yeah, it's definitely so, like uh, Managing that like mentally and trying to remember who's where and what's what mm-hmm. what has happened and what's going to go on in the future. It's like is a lot of stuff. Yeah, it's starting to it's starting to become more and especially when, you know, they start bringing in things that people that have read the comics would know about that. It's like, well, like when you're doing a show like this, like how much of that can you rely on before us normal people are just lost who haven't, you know, read 50 years worth of comics? Because I certainly haven't. And it's like, oh. Like you're doing this thing that I was supposed to pick up on, but I didn't know about because I didn't read that issue. So it's very interesting for them to try and figure this all out. So um, Wanda questions Pietro, trying to figure out if it's really him because she has her own questions, which is actually really interesting that it makes you wonder if she brought him in or if we were speculating before, if it was another person that brought him in. Because we do know that while Wanda and Vision were fighting, trying to figure out like what was happening, Pietro shows up. So she says this. You're testing me. No, I'm not. Hey, it's cool. I know I look different. Why do you look different? You tell me. I mean, if I had found Shangri-La, I wouldn't want to be reminded of the past either. So Pietro kind of suggests that it's Wanda's doing that she just doesn't want to be reminded of her of her brother's death all the time. So she just kind of changed him. So again, it's like, well, is it her or is Pietro just kind of like playing a role for someone else? There's a lot of things that that we just don't know. Like you said, Lupa, that it's just like they're trying to there's so many threads that they're throwing out there that we have no idea what to pull on. But then we also get Wanda talking to Herb, and he drops this line on us. That is, I think, probably one of the more important lines of this episode. Is there something I can do for you, Wanda? Do you want something changed? No. So Herb is, like, acutely aware of what's going on to the point where he's like, does something need to change here to keep you happy? Or So I think, Steve, that we see actually... We actually see the illusion starting to crack and starting to crumble. Um, we, we'll talk about this when we when we find the other townspeople who are like in um, reset at position one, just waiting for the director to call action. Um, we start to see we started to see this with Agnes last episode when she asked Wanda if she wanted her to take another line with vision kind of breaking through the illusion and starting to ask questions. So, so I think the illusion is breaking down. I, although Wanda is, is super powerful and seemingly in control, it seems like she's losing grip on the reality. Do you think this is all just like Westworld (laughs) that everyone's like resetting on their, uh, their plot lines and going back to the beginning? I, I don't necessarily think it's that. I think it's, I think it's Wanda holding a narrative in her head on what people should be doing. And so the people that we've, we've learned that the people in Westview are, are trapped, right? They're hostages there. Um, when, when vision um, breaks Agnes out, when vision breaks, Oh, and I forget the other character's name. Um, 
the one he broke out last episode. Norm. It's not her norm. When he breaks him out, you know that that these characters are are doing the things that they're doing against their will. Um, but but we see that starting to break down as as the show goes on. Yeah, and we can we can kind of speed through a couple of these things because I know it's late for where Lupo is at. But um, there's not a single <laughs> Avengers costume anywhere to be seen on any of the kids, which I thought was interesting. I would figure that you know someone there would be Avengers costumes unless she's just purposely trying to forget that part of her life um, and keep them away. And um, then Vision is walking around Westview and he finds a lady crying, trying to hang um, Halloween decorations. And she just can't seem to do it because she's like stuck on this weird loop. Well, so, and in the conversation that Wanda has with with Herb, we find that, that Vision isn't on duty, right? Yeah. He's not on, on um, neighborhood watch duty. So he's trying to figure out what's going on. And he's doing he's doing the, uh, again, kind of the West the Westworld type where when oh, I forget her name, it was Agnes. Um, anyway, the main yeah. character of Westworld who was kind of like gaining her sentience and kind of like questioning everything, walking to the edge of the park, trying to figure it out. I forget her name. It wasn't um, Agnes. It was, I thought it started with an a, I'll find out while you talk. Yeah. Um, and so we jump into to this episode's commercial, which which was really messed up for me. I thought it was like like really not a good commercial. Morbid. Um, <laughs> it was very morbid, right? So we see we see this little boy on an island, a desert island, and he's starving or whatever. And the shark jumps up out of the water and hands him some yogurt and like, yeah, dude, eat this super good yogurt. It's so good, right? And so he jumps back in the water, and then the boy can't open the yogurt, and we see him die decay and then turn into a skeleton and it was just it was just a really weird morbid commercial for me and i couldn't make any connections because what was what was the tagline to it it was um, yo magic the snack the for snack survivors. survivors yeah right so then what are we supposed to draw from that maybe that's the thing though it's like um what you need to survive is here you just have to get it out and like and like if you can't get it out you're gonna die maybe Maybe if you can't get it out, you're going to die. If you can't get out, you're going to die. Maybe. And Maybe. the longer that they so, stay in, the more decayed that they become. Maybe. That they become. Maybe. Maybe. So then we jump to part four and we're back in Westview. Um, Pietro explains to Wanda that he's just here doing what she wanted him to do. Right? Yeah. And he says. I'm just trying to do my part. Okay. Come to town unexpectedly, create tension with the brother-in-law, stir up trouble with the Rugrats, and ultimately give you grief. I mean, that's what you wanted, isn't it? What happened to your accent? What happened to yours? So like you were saying, Lupo, he knows he's playing this part. He came here to cause tension and play that trope in the sitcom. And then Pietro also explains... Details are fuzzy, man. I got... Shot like a chump in the street for no reason at all. And next thing I know, I heard you calling me. I knew you needed me. So we do know that this is the same brother that actually died then. Because he, how I don't know how he would have known that he got shot in the street. So it is him. He just looks different. And um, Wanda tells her kids not to go past Ellis Street. Because we all know that past Ellis Street um, will be bad. So yep. uh, again, it, it's starting to unravel a little bit more for Wanda. 
So outside of the bubble, and I think this is the part. Um, this is the part Steve loves so much because he loves those awesome technology tropes where people can break into super, super secure systems very, very simply because in one episode before, we were told that they have a doctorate, right? Yeah, so Darcy hacks into S.W.O.R.D. in two seconds. Uh, give me two seconds. I just need to hack into the secure network on the base. Because apparently now, that's easy to do, right? To um, data it, it makes you wonder, that. like, okay, so this is why Shield got infiltrated because they don't have good secure networks. They don't have like two-factor authentication on all of their passwords. Like, and we know that Darcy isn't a, she's not a hacker. She never was. Like in the movies previously, she was a student learning, you know, astrophysicist to become not an astrophysicist. Whatever she was going to become, but like it wasn't a hacker. And this is just another one of those TV tropes that, okay, all of a sudden I'm going to hit two buttons and I'm hacked in. Like, she was a student of political science. Like, I don't know why all of a sudden she became, she can become a hack, can become a hacker. It just, it really frustrates mm -hmm. me. It really frustrates me. Um, so Hayward has found a way that he can look through the boundary and he didn't tell anyone. And he's tracking the decay signature of vibranium so they can track, um, vision. And Jimmy is like wondering why all of the townspeople on the outside of the bubble, like if they're even still alive, he asks, are they even still alive? So it seems like an interesting question to ask. Um, I don't know if this like plays more into like is Wanda just controlling a bunch of dead people because Vision's dead and she's controlling Vision and Pietro's dead. Um, but, but I think we can assume that they're real because Vision had interactions with them crying, right? So so I don't think we're there yet. I don't think we're that morbid. Although, again, the commercial that we had this episode maybe might make you think that they're dying. Um well, it makes me so, think that they're just all dead anyway. So is Westview just like a giant cemetery that she's reanimated? Um, maybe, but again, there was a um, there was a shoot. There was a person under witness protection there, so I guess someone would have had to have been alive. But I don't right. know. Maybe there you are just think. a bunch of dead people out there, which would be really creepy for the show to just have Wanda, you know, with a bunch of dead people. So, yeah. I'm not sure. Thoughts, Lupo, on everyone being dead? Um, it, it would make it would make sense though, actually. Um, but like, where does where does the power come from? Like, you know, does she have that much power to reanimate that many people in a short period of time, or keep them animated for that period of time? So yeah, yeah, I I wouldn't think so. So let I'll cover part six really quick. We won't play any of the clips from here. But Vision talks to a bunch of citizens that are crying out there. Can't find anyone. Finds Agnes actually trying to leave the bubble, I think, because she's at Ellis Avenue trying to drive away. She's dressed as, dressed as a witch. A lot of people are saying, hey, it's Agatha Harkness, the witch. She's dressed as a witch. That's, you know, it's a clue to that. But she recognizes Vision as an Avenger. And she's like, am I dead? And he's like, no, you're not dead. Why? He says, well, you're dead. And she repeats that line several times. She's like, you're dead. And this is this is after Vision uh, wakes her up, right? Wakes yes. her up from the, from the spell. Okay. Yeah, so she recognized him as an Avenger. She's like, are you guys going to help us? And she says, nobody leaves. And then Vision's like, all right, I got to get out of here. So he leaves and tries to burst through the bubble. Um, at first, I thought Agnes was one of the people that was like really trying, like manipulating everything that Wanda's doing. This scene like kind of put some holes into that theory that it's 
maybe it's not because she was trying to leave the bubble. Um, but she's also one of the people that sword has not identified or even knows is in there. So I still think there's something going on with her, but I, maybe she's not the one pulling all the strings. Right. So the big thing that happens in part seven, we go back to Darcy. She's, um, continuing to hack through Hayward's files. And as she finally cracks the code, she goes on to a couple different files and one of them, they pull up the name Ray Johnson. So Ray Johnson, if you do not know, he is actually a mutant from the comics. His alias is John Wraith, or better known as Kestrel. He's a teleporting mutant with anti-aging factors. You've seen him before in the Wolverine movie when he was played by Will I Am of the Black Eyed Peas. And he could like warp around and he was helping Wolverine do a bunch of stuff. So he's an actual mutant that they name dropped in this show that sword is keeping tabs on so they've officially like brought more of the x-men into the mcu which i think is you know something that will continue to happen in the future monica receives a phone call or a, a text message from her aerospace guy which everyone believes might be reed richards um a lot, there's like a lot of speculations and things going around that like john krasinski is going to come in and he's going to be reed richards um, so I did, however, read something online saying saying that Disney itself has actually said that it's not Reed Richards. And Disney would never lie to us, right? I just, no, no. I'm just reporting <laughs> reporting what I said, reporting reporting what I heard. No, I I totally understand. And then Darcy informs Monica that she can't go back into the hex because her cells have been changed twice. The first time that she went in, the second time Monica um, Wanda kicked her out, her cells have been changed, and now. It, I almost got the sense that Monica was just like, yeah, if it's cancer, I've seen enough of it. I don't care. Um, so I didn't quite understand, like, if Darcy was telling her, like, hey, you're changing or you would die if you went in again or we just don't know what's happening. Like, Lupo, what sense did you get from that interaction? Did she, like, did she, like, know that she had already been changed or she did she just not care because of... I just don't think she cared, you know, like she, she had lost a loved one, uh, that, that had passed that she didn't realize because of cancer and, you know, she thought the cancer was in remission, you know, so, uh, she'd already dealt with that battle through, uh, you know, a family member having it before then. So I, 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 that's, that's what I feel personally. Yeah. It, it was definitely a weird thing where, where also, you know, we know that the X gene remains dormant. This could have been like. Again, this is how we're bringing more of the X-Men into here. So as we go back to the Westview Town Circle, Pietro and Wanda are talking about their parents, how much they would have loved Westview. And then this is where that line comes from, where Peter asks um, Wanda where they hide the kids. How'd you even do all this? Hey. Oh, um, this is the line. Where were you hiding all these kids up till now? What? I assume they were all just sleeping peacefully in their beds. No need to traumatize me on the occasional holiday episode cameo, am I right? No, I... You're always the empathetic twin. I don't... I didn't... Hey, don't get me wrong. You've handled the ethical considerations of this scenario as best you could. Families and couples stay together. Most personalities aren't far off from what's underneath. People got better jobs. Better haircuts for sure. You don't think it's wrong. Are you kidding? I'm impressed. Seriously. It's a pretty big leap from giving people nightmares and shooting red wiggly woos out of your hands. And I think just this interaction is important because it is showing that, like, you know, if she went from being that you know, just giving people nightmares to being able to do all this. Like, it's a huge leap that she has Any enough power arc for her. 
it, yeah, it's pretty big to go from that to being able to create life and control a bunch of people. So something else is going on that we don't know about, right? Um, and then just to kind of wrap up on our last on the last section, Darcy, um, let's see, she continues to hack into the computer. She finds she finds a file called um, Cataract, and it's a classified weapons intel. And I'm kind of thinking that maybe Sword was doing experiments on Vision. And we do know that his big thing was like he didn't want to become a weapon afterwards. So I guess we're just going to have to figure out what Cataract actually is. Um, why, you know, Cataract, it affects your vision. And we have Vision as the main character. So were they turning him into some big weapon? And that's why Wanda went in, broke in, and stole his body. Like, it's a possibility. And then as we, you know, Vision reaches the Hex. And he starts to push through. It is interesting to note that it is blue on the west view side. It's not red like it is on the outside. And as he pushes through, Sword watches as he starts coming apart. He starts get, getting ripped apart. Billy hears his dad in distress, tells his mom. Wanda shuts everyone down. Darcy gets handcuffed to a vehicle because she runs out. And she's wondering why no one's out there to help him. Um, Vision does not appear as the gray husk we all assumed he would once he pushes outside of the hex um so that's kind of interesting and then billy goes to wanda and P and pietro and makes wanda mad because pietro says this i don't know why he would say this I understand what's happening to me where is he where's your dad hey don't sweat it sis it's not like your dead husband could die twice <laughs> So then Wanda shoots him in the face because he said that, which seems understandable to shoot someone in the face when they when they say something like that. So then she freezes the town, increases the hex. All of um, Sword gets um, encompassed into a hex and they turn into clowns, just like I believe that they actually are because they haven't done anything <laughs> in this entire show. And then Jimmy, Monica, and Hayward are the few to escape. And that's where the show ends. That's episode six. So then predictions for episode seven lupa before we like shut this thing down and we let everyone go to bed what do you think i i don't know like it's every every episode like deviates so far from where the last one was before so um it's it's hard to say like my brain's been thinking this entire time because like i'm just reading like the notes that you had in here uh and i'm not well like that well versed as far as like um marvel goes like to the deeper stuff not like x-men captain america all that sort of stuff um so it got me it got me thinking i think so i like i i'm gonna lean into the to the mephisto theory here because uh scarlet witch doesn't have those 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 powers you know but uh a, a demon an immortal a devil would would have powers like that to make people see these illusions and all that sort of stuff so i think i think that that is is the most likely, honestly, like that's that's just how I feel at this point. Mike, predictions for episode seven. Um, hopefully, we really start to get a sense of like who really is the bad guy, and, yeah. and what really is going on. Because that, because I think I think this is only an eight episode series. Nine, nine episodes. Three more. There's three more. There's three more. There's and three they're more. hour long. Oh, really? Yep. That's that's today. That the next three are th are one hour episodes. Ooh. Yeah, this one so was we're only thirty. Get a lot of stuff. This one so was we, only thirty we minutes. Actually, 
it, it was short. So we're going to get in the next three episodes, we're going to get the same amount of content that we've gotten over the so last, <laughs> over the last six weeks. Right. So, so yeah, so we're going to get a lot of stuff going. So I thought they were going to get close to tying things up, but now that you say that they're not, they're not close to tying things up because we still have a, we still have a beginning, a middle and an end left for them to get to. So get ready for more, get ready for more shocks, get ready for more Oz, get ready for more what? And, and maybe, right. So we know that we know that they're going to bring in another character who is supposed to be really big. It could be someone from the, from the fantastic four. It could be another mutant. We know that they have engineering skills because they designed something for Monica, whoever that is. Um, I don't know where it's going. I'm not sure what's next. And, and I think that's cool in a way, but I also think it's kind of frustrating in a way that, that we don't, we've had all this, but we don't know what's next. Yeah. And the, the expansion of the hex does kind of put some holes into my two hex theory, but I guess you could have just expanded the second hex also, but, um, or yeah. the second hex got smaller. Yeah, or just got absorbed. So, yeah. So, this has been yeah. episode 160 of the Freelancer Codex podcast. Lupo, thank you for hanging out with us on this I deep dive. Yep. Thanks for hanging out with us on this very deep dive episode six. Um, especially knowing that you're like past midnight over where you are now and probably waiting to get up <laughs> in like three hours to go to work. But before you go, <laughs> where can everyone find you one more time? Um, twitch.tv forward slash Lupo to the rescue and fb.gg forward slash Lupo to the rescue. All right. And with that, spots. and with that, everyone, thank you for hanging out with us again. Um, be safe, uh, make the world a better place. Try your best and we'll see you next time. Thank you Peace. for listening to the Freelancer Codex, a podcast brought to you by the Shut Up and Respawn Network. Follow us at Freelancer Codex on Twitter or Twitch. Send emails to freelancercodex at gmail.com or voice messages to anchor.fm slash freelancercodex slash message. We wish to thank all of our Patreons. We are grateful for you all.